But what I've learned with recently getting into youth ministry and first time ever working with youth ministry, like super hands-on, um, is that when we're creating content for our demographic and for our age group, as 20, 30, 40 year olds in the ministry for doing it for middle and high school students, is what we're creating, is it our idea of what we think youth want to see, um, or is it actually what youth want to see? Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Social Media Church podcast. Uh, I am your host, Aaron Magnuson. I am not joined by Nils Smith today, but I am joined by two guests that I have the privilege of working closely with at my other job when I'm not co-hosting this podcast. I shouldn't say my other job. You guys are my other job. Uh, My daily driver for a job is the online pastor at One and All Church. You guys know that. Uh, And these are two people that I get to work with uh, very closely and on a weekly basis. Uh, Tommy and Josh are joining me and they both run social media um, for our church. Tommy uh, runs it for our youth specifically. That's a relatively new thing. I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Uh, And Josh runs social for our main church channel. Tommy is also associated with uh, Hillsong Global, uh, and but I'm going to let him talk about that. But um, I wanted you guys to hear from Josh. I'm going to have him introduce yourselves, and then we're just going to talk about social media, a world that they know way better than I do. Uh, but that's what we like to do on this podcast, bring you guys voices uh, who can help you maximize and leverage your social media uh, at your church and uh, at your business to um, amplify what you do in spreading the gospel. So Josh, do you want to introduce yourself to our audience? And then Tommy, I'll have you introduce yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Hey guys. Uh, so yeah, my name is Josh Blackard. Um, I've been working with different churches in Australia and most recently here in San Dimas, um, and doing social media, graphic design, content creation, um, all of the above and that type of stuff. Um, for like the last four or five years, I think, um, yeah, it's been a passion of my photography, videography. And so now just, um, being able to use that for the kingdom and for the church is just uh, a win-win. That's great. Uh, Tommy, do you want to introduce yourself? Hello. (laughs) Um, I'm Tommy, um, youth content manager. Really to what we're producing that's going out to students. Um, also with Hillsong Church, working with our Global's Com team. Um, it's very broad, um, majority Australia, but um, working with Hillsong, California, Copenhagen, um, San Paul, just like wherever, whatever in the world where we need help is kind of where I step in and kind of bring us back to the mission and the goal of where we're going as a church. Love it. So you guys are both more than qualified uh, to talk about social media. Um, what, let, let's just start, and I'll have uh, either one of you who has an a, opinion on it first start. Um, what, uh, what would you say to uh, a church leader who's uh, just maybe, um, what, what would be your most practical tip 
for a church leader or someone who runs. So this might be somebody who sits in, in your seat for a church, or it might be a pastor who is uh, preaching on the weekend, uh, doing a bunch of things, and they're also thinking about social media. What, uh, and particularly, I should have had you guys say how old you are. Josh, how old are you? I'm almost 21. A couple nice. more months. Almost 21. Okay. And Tommy, how old are you? 21. Nice. Okay. And so a lot of the leaders who are listening are trying to reach your age demographic. And there's a mixed bag on uh, what social media uh, is going to work to do that, which one isn't, those sorts of things. Do you guys have uh, practical tips on what you think about as you're creating content here in 2020 uh, for the churches or or for whichever church uh, you're posting for? Yeah. I mean, I just have a couple things that I was thinking about would be, um, just keeping it simple. Um, a lot of times my personal experience, I'll work really hard on something and have all these different creative elements and think it's really good to my practical creative eye when the audience isn't just like me. The audience just wants something simple, most usually um, something truthful and direct. Um, and that simple, you know, sometimes I'll make something that will be just a simple quote or a song lyric and Tommy knows the same way. And like that does so much better and something that we would think would be like a, an artwork or a masterpiece of a design um, because the audience doesn't look for that. They just want the truth from um, something simple and direct. Um, so I think that would be a really good starting point for someone that their main, if you, there's, a, there's a pastor that isn't their main job to do social media, like you can get just as much done and accomplished with that uh, simple and directness. Um, and then keeping it real and authentic to um, what your church vision and mission is. That's good. And we hear the real and authentic a lot. What, how do you take maybe something that has, has text on it, or it's a graphic picture? How do you, something other than a video where it might be a little bit more difficult to come across because we want those things to be polished and look nice. How do you, uh, make something look authentic, uh, or what are some of the things you think about when it's not a video? It's hard to come across uh, through video as being authentic. How do you do that with like a graphic? I think um, when you're working with brand, that's like the most important part. Um, text, uh, typography, and color palettes say a lot um, psychologically. And so if you're kind of all over the place with that type of stuff, um, unless that is your brand. Like if the brand itself is being all over the place, then you're hitting it on the spot. But if your brand is these five colors and these two fonts and you're doing that every time, um, subconsciously your audience will know that that is like authentic and real. Even it kind of a crazy thing. If I were to put something um, that has nothing to do with our church, but in our colors and fonts, people would associate it with our church, even if it has nothing to do with that. Um, and that just oh, kind of wow. shows the authentic, um, like, oh, that's authentic. But in reality, that wasn't, you know. So when it's not a video or necessarily like a person, kind of what I'm hearing you say is if they associate it with something else that they have seen that's authentic from that organization, maybe they have seen something in person. I know we're living in a weird world where uh, those authentic moments haven't been happening on a campus or in a large gathering space for a long period of time, but they associate it with the like. And so utilizing your brand to associate those maybe still images or graphics with something that they are familiar with that they would deem as authentic uh, kind of gives exactly. them that experience. Yeah. Yeah. Tommy, what do you think? You got anything to add to that or uh, refute that? 
<laughs> Tommy and Josh, by the way, are like best friends. Uh, and yeah. so there's, uh, I, I'm just like you guys curious to know if they agree on everything, uh, or if they have disagreements, Tommy, uh, I, what do you see? I, I'm excited. Well, just, uh, to hear what Tommy Josh has to get say. In there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we work pretty well together. Um, but what I've learned with recently getting into youth ministry and first time ever working with youth ministry like super hands-on um, is that when we're creating content for our demographic and for our age group as 20, 30, 40 year olds in the ministry for doing it for middle and high school students is what we're creating. Is it our idea of what we think youth want to see um, or is it actually what youth want to see? Yes. Um, so when I got here, a lot of the stuff was super bright neon, hand, handwritten stuff, um, kind of messy, paper textures, just like you didn't know where to look first type of thing. Um, and to me, that feels like the corporate idea of what youth want to see. Interesting. Um, okay. But then I've, I realized those, when we'd create those, it wasn't doing well. So I slowly started tweaking it and I realized it's actually, it's a lot simpler um, and it's easy to read and it's a little more hearty and um, a little more motivational um, versus it just being super neon bright, trying to get your attention, which what feels like, which comes from adults often, that's the youth idea is loud, bright, it's messy. Um, but our numbers have gone up. Um, we're doing like, a we're getting 100% more engagement now. Um, we were in the negatives when I would post that stuff. Now we're our engagement is says 100% more engagement than we were with the new direction we've gone in. So I also, I often ask people is, do you have people in your circle who are more in touch with the demographic you're trying to reach who are speaking into those things? And I think that's where Josh and I do pretty well in our church with um, all the other ministries we're working with is them asking for our input or uh, what do we think about something? Cause often the people making them or making the decisions aren't in touch as close as they would like to be with the generation they're trying to reach. Sure. What Tommy, that's a really good distinction. And actually I've, I've heard things saying like, well, generate like the millennials, which would be more me. I'm 29. Uh, we like clean, organized, uh, beautiful looking like when Instagram started, right? Like that was us. Uh, we wanted clean, beautiful, like high, excellent, everything that you would associate with that, uh, highly produced, those sorts of things. Uh, and then, uh, you hear things like, well, generation Z likes things messy. They like, they don't like the organization as kind of like a little bit of a rebellion. But what I'm hearing you say is that is maybe an idea of what we've read a book or two, right. And we think that's what they want. So maybe getting really practical, what maybe what would be an example or two examples of something specific that you changed that you saw, uh, the engagement start to increase. Uh, and then I have another question off the back of that, but yeah, what, maybe what were some of those really specific things that you did? Even just something that I did today that I posted on Instagram today was I took a picture from worship from last week and I, um, went into the Bible app and I took a screenshot of a verse. I cut out the black around it and I just overlaid that onto the worship picture. Um, and for the students that was, they associate with, the people, the students who read their Bible app, see that they notice where that comes from. Um, and in the caption, I put just um, a, a song from one of the worship sets that were sung last week. So for them, like they can relate with that. They sang the song on a Wednesday night. Um, it's a psalm. So it's super motivational. It's 
um, easy to relate with um, versus me doing something, I don't know, like plastering lyrics everywhere or um, it being neon or whatever it is, or me just handwriting things all over it or scribbling around it. Um, that the simple thing of them relating that verse to worship and then reading the caption of a song lyrics, um, especially in the morning, kind of like starting your day off motivated, um, which is kind of what we're going for. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's um, good. Josh, go ahead. I'll touch on that too. Like Tommy hit it right on the spot of like bringing it back to the basics of, yeah, we're not trying to like, as much as we think that a motivational speaker or pastor has this amazing quote, like, the Bible and scripture has just as much power. And that's just the whole nature of it is like the whole, the, the word is the Holy spirit and, you know, is like, has this power in it, you know? So if you post that, like not to say that it's going to do like overly well and get a thousand and a million likes, but like just the nature of it will touch someone more than um, that motivational quote, you know? So it's never, never bad to use the Psalm or a proverb or, you know, Bible scripture. Yeah, that's, that's a, that's a good, good word. Sometimes we can get distracted ourselves thinking that it has to be something wild and crazy or uh, really, really well done um, or get this really abstract idea, something that, that isn't as simple as taking a screenshot from the Bible app, overlaying it uh, on an image. And, and it, I do think that there's probably some importance to the fact that it's not a, a, a what do you call that? Shutter, shutterstock photo. Like it's not something yeah. you pulled off of Google, right? Yeah. Like it was, yeah. it was faces they were familiar with. They're familiar right. with the church, the location that it was shot, those sorts of things. And so there's a couple of those uh, things that are tying in uh, going back to the authenticity piece, Josh, mm-hmm. that you were talking about there, there's an authenticity. There's a feeling associated with it for when the audience is, is seeing that. Um, it, what, what I was going to ask uh, Tommy in addition to that is where, and Josh, you could speak into this as well. If somebody's listening to this and they, maybe they do know, or maybe they don't know that they're out of touch. They only have a perceived idea of what they think uh, that next generation or even their audience wants. What would you recommend as like a first step uh, towards um, clearing that blind spot, like finding somebody or should they go, should they start reading a certain uh, blog or what, like following certain people on Instagram? Like what, what should somebody do if they know that they themselves are doing social media, but they're not qualified to actually uh, come up with what their audience wants? Even for me, sometimes when I don't know what to do for something in particular, or I'm trying to see, okay, obviously the trends changed. What's next? Um, I, Pinterest is the first place I go. Pinterest is always updated. It's always, you always see what's on trend currently. That is a good word. I I would have said Pinterest is like, Pinterest is dead to me. I haven't heard people talk about Pinterest in a long time. Uh, so that's a good word. Let's, let's stay there for a second. Josh, you're nodding Mm. your head. Would you, would you say a similar thing? Oh, absolutely. I was going to say that if Tommy did it. Yeah. Pinterest, um, mood boards, it, Pinterest in itself is just, so crazy because you find one thing you like and I don't know how it does it with algorithms and design within the image um, it pulls things that um, you can like sometimes it's a little shady like sometimes I found a shirt that had a bunch of the f-word on it but I really like the design you know um, <laughs> sure <laughs> or the opposite you find something that I was looking was all like in Spanish um, but I really like the design of it um, anyways yeah so like Pinterest is just a great place and it keeps going like the algorithm just keeps pulling more and more stuff um 
and you can create a board and a, a mood board and kind of start from there. How, where do you, when you, let's stay there. That's, that's really good. And that's not what I expected either of you to say. Um, what, so for me, I wouldn't even know where to start. I'm familiar with Pinterest. Uh, I had Pinterest on my phone for a while. This is probably a couple of years ago. Uh, where would you even start to identifying what your audience is? Like, like who do you follow? How do you even know where to look? question. Really good question. <laughs> so, so tell me, yeah, go ahead. If you guys have thoughts, answer. Um, I'm sure you should have an idea of who you're trying to target. Um, I, so with, so what I've learned is within Hillsong is every single location, we're the same church, especially in Australia, same church. Um, the campuses aren't that far from each other, but um, our main church location is that's in the hills which is 30 minutes from our city location, they react drastically different to the same content that's produced. I can post the same thing and they will, one will do where the locations are. And they, everyone hears the same message on the weekend and it's the same worship set culture but it's the actual people that are following us what do they want to see um i've also learned that like our instagram isn't for us it's for them so i'm okay with with one location making something that i know will do well for them and then taking the extra time to make something else for the other location um and it's just trial and error of what's doing well and what's not Mm -hmm. And over and over, like sometimes it takes me a week, two weeks to figure out what it actually is that's doing well. And I'm not using hashtags because I don't want to see what our, what our non-followers like. I want to see the people who are following us currently, what's doing well the most and kind of where are we catching their eye? That's good. Yeah. So. Back, um, I'm going to touch on the hashtags thing. I think, I don't forget if I heard this or how I came across this, but like your number one um, engagement or like your following incline would be from people sharing things that they like. And so Ooh, that's good. it's not, yeah. And so like, if someone likes it enough, they will repost it. Um, so that's where it's like your audience isn't people that aren't following you. Your target audience is people that are following you. Um, so you don't have to be too, sure. it's, it's, it is a fine line. You know, you do want to get the people that aren't, but um, touching on that. And then I think, not to be like, I think it's kind of obvious. I think what your target audience should be like, if you don't know what your target audience is, it's like, what's the point of your business? You know, um, who are you actually targeting? Um, so I think once you kind of have that, or, you know, if you have your target audience and what your actual audience is, um, there's two ways, like either your audience right now is your target audience and that's easy or the audience you have right now isn't your target audience. So you have to make that transition over. Um, that's what we're kind of going through right now with uh, one and all church, you know, the first thing our target audience is super young. Um, and the majority of our family, our church is a church, a family church. You know, how do we make that transition over to like pleasing both sides and not just disregarding one or the other. 
So what is it that you would, that's good uh, and, and helpful. What would you type into Pinterest or what would you like? So if once you identify an age range or maybe a particular uh, type of person based on, on location, like you were talking about, Tommy, what would you type into Pinterest uh, or would you follow some people's boards who, who are big in your church or who you know are on Pinterest or, or what, what would some of those steps be that you would take uh, once you kind of have some of those key data points, how do you search in Pinterest for more of the same for what that demographic is actually interested in? Um, my Pinterest is fairly organized. Um, I have a board for just social media in general. Where is social media in church and not in church? Where, where is it currently at? What's popular in design? I look at street design, um, posters. Um, I'll come across like what other corporations are just doing in general. Um, because a lot of corporations now are in the process of rebrands, trying to attract another target audience. So as these old companies are transitioning, some of their stuff's actually really cool. Like Century 21 Real, Century 21 Real Estate, like love their stuff. Like it's simple, it's modern. The colors are a little more desert. You know what I mean? So I was attracted and I've actually used some of that stuff for some stuff at Hillsong. Like I've been inspired from that. Um, but then Century, I also have some things. I just, I just want people to hear I, that. You know Century I mean? like, 21 real yeah. estate inspires yeah. uh, some social graphics for Hillsong. That, that is really good, Tommy. Can, so can people follow, like, can I link out to you, both of your Pinterest uh, in the show notes of this podcast? Um, they're currently private, but I can. Oh, can gotcha. Public. Okay. But there are just such things I, as yeah. public, uh, public boards if, if you want to yeah. share those uh, with people. Okay, well, I'll connect with them after this show and see if any of them uh, are yeah. public. And if, if you're listening to this right now and you are just so inspired by what's being said, I encourage you just pause it, text this link uh, to a friend that needs to hear uh, what Tommy and Josh are saying. But I was in the middle of cutting off Josh. So Josh, what, what were you going to add to that? Being inspired by Century Century 21, because I I saw you uh, perk up when uh, there was something so random like Century 21 real estate inspiring Tommy. I didn't know if you had any thoughts on that. If not, we can move on. Uh, Yeah, if I come back to it, I'll... (laughs) Perfect. Um, Yeah, that's... uh, that's great. So just kind of being able to, uh, once you're on Pinterest, you kind of see what's trending, you kind of just get a feel. And then it's almost like a YouTube rabbit hole, right? Like you just start oh, yeah. more stuff. You can more be stuff, more pretty stuff. specific with your search on Pinterest and you'll kind okay. of get what you're looking for, um, which does pretty well. Even if you search something very specific and you find just one thing that you, you're in love with, once you open that up, it's just going to take you where, where you want to go. Um, and then sure. from there, you just start pinning everything you like, and it'll start to understand what you're looking for. So now when I open Pinterest, before I even search anything, it's, I'm, your... like, I'm, in, I'm in love with everything because it's like, mm. it knows what I'm looking for. So it's right. just like, I'm just like pinning everything I see, exactly. um, clicking on one thing, going through it, clicking on another one, going through it. Um, and I, I've actually, I think I've grown a lot from looking at Pinterest and seeing what other designers are doing, um, mm-hmm. like all over the world. It's, I seriously, I love it so much. Yeah, I think... Um, one of the other like tools that you can use is realizing so for example 21st century like um if i was working for them um and we weren't doing so well i'd look at other real estate companies um how are they marketing um so i think within the church world tommy can shine his light on this like we follow all of those other churches you know the big mega churches across the world and the ones in la and florida and you know obviously australia um 
and seeing what they're doing. Um, because if their target audience is similar to ours, which it should be, because we're the church should be reaching those people in the younger generations. Um, that's a good way to start too. Not to say that you should drop your church um, vision to go pursue what Mosaic is doing or Elevation right. is doing, but you can kind of take and choose and adapt it to your uh, church vision. Sure. And then, and we- yeah, and then from there go to Pinterest. So if you see a design oh, Mosaic is doing um, X, Y, and Z, then you go to Pinterest and look up X, Y, and Z and then adapt and create. What, what, uh, just out of curiosity, what, what age demographic, like, do you think, uh, that the majority of the people are a lot of people on Pinterest or just people that are in your profession? I would say like anywhere between like, uh, tattoo artists, like that type of, um, like artists just in general, I feel Mm. like, um, or maybe I think like that creative vibe. So even if it's like how to decorate a table for Christmas or how to do arts and crafts for like a mom and her children, you know, like that still is in the same range of that creativity vibe. Um, How to like, you know, do it yourself vibe. So I think other than that, I don't really see how other, I mean, I could be wrong, but that's the kind of um, demographic on Pinterest, I think. So ideas and inspiration, good, good place to start. And then uh, if you're listening and you know somebody uh, who would be more suited, maybe they're already there, a creative person, uh, kind of empowering them uh, to do that. If you don't have the capacity to peruse all over Pinterest, um, but that's, that is really, really helpful. The other thing that I wanted to touch on that is unique about what both of you do, and I'd be curious to know if uh, with your peers who sit in similar seats for different organizations, uh, do a similar thing, but the majority, I, I from where I sit, I would say like 90% of what you guys do, and it might be a higher percentage than that, uh, is on your phone. So you're not opening up Photoshop on your laptop every single time you need to create a graphic uh, or edit something. A lot of it is run and gun, uh, which should be inspiring uh, to all of us because all of us have a smartphone. Um, Hopefully it's an Android, not an Apple. Mm, um, <laughs> I have to stop you there, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> Both of them are going to hop off the podcast. So I'm not, I'm not going to uh, go any further with that, but we all have a smartphone. So what I'd be curious from you guys, is that accurate that like 90% of what you do is on your phone in regards to editing? And then maybe what are some best practices around that just so somebody can enter into the game? They don't have to go out and buy it, Adobe the suite of tools that Adobe has. They don't have to get the latest uh, computer that, you know, can render out everything um, or even buy a really expensive camera to uh, capture and then make uh, the graphics because cameras on phones are getting better and better. So uh, what would you say in regards to that? How, okay. Uh, (laughs) That was a lot. Let me start with one thing. Well, I think your work is done on your phone. I think um, Tommy and I will have a very similar response to this. So I was just curious to see what Tommy was going to say. Um, nice. I'll just go ahead and start then. But yeah, Josh, um, you start. Touch. Probably I, what I, what I will say right now is Tommy, just shake your head because it's going to be very similar, but like <laughs> probably like 90 to 95% um, on my phone, which it, that's where I started. I think anyone who wants to get into like that type of stuff, I don't think it's practical to just like, oh yeah, I'm going to buy this $2,000 computer and this, you know, hundred bucks, a hundred bucks a month software when you don't know what to do. Um, right. That's like buying a car without knowing how to drive it. So I think we both started off with 
um, just mobile applications on our iPhone. And obviously the iPhone cameras, um, you wouldn't know, Aaron, but it's pretty good. And I had myself muted uh, specifically for that laugh that I just let out. Anyways. Yes. Um, but yeah, Google so starting with still dominating the game. Uh, I don't know. I have to show me the facts for that one. Um, yeah. So we used, uh, or I used, we started using an app called over um, and it's, I think it's on Android as well, but um, we're just going to spell it like O V E R O V E R. Yeah. Okay. While you keep explaining um, about it, I'm going to look it up right now. Okay. Yeah. And it's also in desktop. Now it's pretty similar to like a Canva um, or I like it more than Photoshop just for what I'm able to do with it. Um, and it's hands-on. So you get to work with your, if you work on an iPad. Yep. That's it. Hey, there you go. Yeah. So it is officially on both. Uh, no matter which phone you have, you <laughs> uh, can use the app that is recommended. I'm going to install it right now, but Josh, yeah. Yeah, elaborate on it a little bit. Yeah, you can. Um, I like to use an iPad or iPhone because you get the touch, um, the tactic, like finger drag and scale um, instead of on your Mac or computer to use the trackpad or mouse and um, keyboard shortcuts. Obviously, Photoshop is a lot more powerful and you can do a lot more design um elements and tweaks and like all this like that's what the professional level is um and so we'll go back and forth to using both but i just i would always prefer as of right now like the um the mobile side of things and doing it on the go um when it's just as powerful in that sense and tommy can add on to that yeah I agree. We we both started using it in high school, actually. Um, I started using it when I created a Instagram page for my high school. Um, and then from there, started serving in church. Um, but literally, that app is insane, like what you can do with it. I've been using it for years, and it just keeps getting better. Um, I haven't designed entire church campaigns on it, like, and it's, it's done the job, like being able to edit video, um, and literally do anything for Instagram story, feed, Facebook. It's nice that it comes with templates. Um, if you necessarily don't know where to start um, or you need motivation or a lot of how-to videos. Is any um, of that uh, paid or is it like, so let me yeah, ask you this I was going to add on to you that. Guys had to, yeah. Have you reached a level of use where it's worth paying for uh, some of those features and maybe what's that threshold? Sorry, not to cut yeah. you off. Yeah. No, yeah. Um, there is a the free version of it, um, which you can pretty much do if that's what like you can it's still use um, usable for that. Um, but yeah, the price that I think, what is it telling me? Like, what is it? I can't even think. I think I'm paying 90 a year, 99 a year. I feel um, like it's about a hundred a year. Yeah. You yeah. could do monthly or yearly, um, which I, I think it's totally worth it. Um, what do you, what's kind of that added benefit that you get with paid, like saved templates, like the, some, some shortcut stuff that like saves your work or is there certain features or a You just thing? have access to everything they offer. Um, it comes with, uns has um, an Unsplash tab in there so you can directly pull from Unsplash. Nice. Um, it also has like a Google tab so you can search anything on Google in order to give you back a PNG for it. Um, there's like a Pixbay that I never use. You can upload your logo, your logo, so you can just easily pull your logos into designs. You can save um, fonts. You can, you can add more those. fonts, custom fonts, um, color palettes. Yeah, um, it's it's wow. pretty insane how much they offer. You can export as a PNG, 
JPEG, a PDF file. So what's cool is what I've done before, where I think if this didn't have this feature, which it actually didn't till like about a year or so ago, um, you can save as a PDF. And then if you're familiar with Illustrator, you can open up the PDF because it's a layered file. Um, and then go into Illustrator and mess around with it even more. You can, um, it pretty much keeps like maybe 99% of the design like in place. And then maybe something will get slightly moved every once in a while. And then you can there add into your special effects of like text warping or any other things you want to do and then export that as a AI file. Um, nice. So that's sometimes if you're, that's where you, if you want to get really creative or if you don't have, if you have someone that doesn't use over, um, you can save as a PDF, send it to them. And now they have the working file. That's which, awesome. That's a game changer. Yes. Yeah, that's great. And Tommy, you would say that uh, the majority, 90 to 95% of your work is done on, on mobile. 100%. It's just, as I'm on the go, like when we were in church in person, like take a clip on my phone, 15 second clip of worship, throwing it over. I already have my branding for that series or for the weekend, whatever it is for the campaign, Christmas, Easter. I just throw it in there, hit replace. Um, it automatically filters my video. Um, I save it and then throw it right up to Instagram versus me All within like five minutes. Are, yeah. Yeah. If that I less than, less than five on the weekend, how that happens so quickly. Like oh, in you, the moment. you hear the song. Yeah. You hear the song and before the song is over, if you're watching at home or like online, I think if you're in church, you shouldn't be on Instagram, but if you're watching at home um, and you're watching online, like Instagram, I think that's one of our biggest values that me and Tommy do is why would you post it an hour later? Right. Like, doesn't really make sense. It's not a, re a recap. It's live. You know what? Here's what's happening at church. You should be here. Yeah. Right. So it's like, uh, what, what did people used to do real time tweeting? Uh, which is, are either, are, this is, this is going to segue. This has been incredibly practical. And now I want to get into a couple fun questions as we round out this episode. Yeah. Uh, it, going with Twitter, are either of you guys on Twitter? No, I'm not. I am. And I love Twitter. <laughs> okay. Oh, this is good. Let's stay here for a second. I also love Twitter. I think it's the purest form of social media, but Tommy, uh, before, before Josh refutes us, do you think that Twitter is, is dead? Like, like is, are, are people just not there anymore? I feel like you don't often, it's not something when you meet someone new, you're not like, what's your Twitter? It's, <laughs> what's your Instagram? Cause I think that's, of course, everyone has an Instagram. Um, and I don't necessarily use Twitter as a tool like I would with Instagram. I use it as more like I'm laying in bed at night and I want to laugh. Um, so I'm going to scroll through Twitter or I'm going to figure out what's going on in the moment with either the news, political earthquake, what if apps Instagram's are down. Not working, I go to Twitter and people are tweeting Instagram's down. So now I know it's not just my app. <laughs> it's Instagram. Or um, Apple. It could just be Apple. Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, but, but Twitter Tommy's uh, breaking up for us Tommy yes. wait for a second uh, Josh interject <laughs> at this point in time why are you not on Twitter I just have um, I used to have Twitter and then it just got to like um, I think we can segue even into this next part of like just the negative effects of social media. Um, mm. 
I do. I do want to ask you guys about. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So we've done a couple episodes already that you all have listened to regarding the social dilemma. Uh, and the question that I'm going to end with, so Tommy and Josh can think about it now. And I think that Josh is about to touch on it, but, uh, I want to start ending each of our podcast episodes with a practical tip. Uh, if, if we're the leaders in the social media space and we're leading that conversation, particularly in the church, uh, it's important to myself. It's important to Nils, uh, that we also lead our audience in a way where they become more digitally responsible and digitally healthy. I think that's uh, very important as we are all pursuing Jesus, uh, not only to be um, uh, spiritually healthy, but also uh, emotionally healthy and physically healthy. And that uh, a lot of negative effects can stem from social media. So I, the social dilemma, I think points out a really uh, good thing, but yeah, let's, let's go in there. And then at the end of the episode, I want you guys to share, particularly because you do so much work on your phones, what are some practical things or one practical thing uh, that you guys do to, to uh, keep yourselves healthy? Uh, maybe it's aspirational. Maybe it's something that you're actually uh, doing. But yeah, Josh, why don't you go there? I'd love your guys' thoughts on the social uh, dilemma. Yeah. Um, particularly you your what you were going to talk about. Uh, no, I want you to answer that. At the oh, end, but Twitter. I want you to get yeah. into like, Twitter, what you were going to say about that and maybe why you got off. Yeah. Um, I think it was just a lot of like stress and just the negativity of, um, what people have to say that they shouldn't need to say or shouldn't have to say. Um, and it's that whole idea of hiding behind your phone of, I wouldn't say this to someone in real life, but I can hide behind my phone in my room and say something. Um, and then it just goes down that rabbit hole of negativity and, um, yeah, I just, I didn't think it was healthy to see my friends like that, or this was back in high school. Um, and it was just deleting it was the best thing, you know, uh, not the best thing, but it was a nice thing to just, I don't have to worry about, um, we're saying things about that. And every once in a while tweets will come up like they do the pop, like the ones, Oh, did you see what someone tweeted? And it's like, just so irrelevant. And like, I don't have to worry or stress about that. Um, and that goes, I think with all social media of, um, the two things was like, keep your private life private. Um, you don't have to post everything about everything and your opinion on everything. And that's not just Twitter. That's, you know, social, uh, Instagram, Snapchat, um, Facebook. Um, just keep your private life private. Um, and then be nice. That was the second thing I was thinking. Just, you know, be nice. That's just the easiest way to do it, you know? Yeah. Um, and that way, when you're judging someone's Instagram, what they put up, you're not don't judge your real authentic life to what they're posting because that's just, you're only seeing the highlights of what they're posting. Yeah. Um, Cause they're not posting their private life, which they shouldn't be. Right. Right. Tommy uh, thoughts to add about the social dilemma. What brought Josh is partway through it. So he hasn't seen all of it, but he, he is certainly well keenly aware of uh, everything that it addresses. Uh, Tommy thoughts on the portrayal uh, in kind of the narrative that the social dilemma writes? Um, I thought it was pretty accurate, to be honest, of how it affects families and young adults. Like I have two younger sisters um, and I got my first phone and social media when I was, well, I got my first phone when I was 10 um, and didn't probably have social media until I was probably 12, um, 11, 12. Um, but for my sisters, they, they got a phone. My youngest sister got a phone when she was five. Um, 
and the other one when she was I think nine so for them like they've had the exposure much sooner than I have so I've kind of learned I I had a better understanding of what was wrong and what was right or what affected me and what didn't um, as a middle schooler and high schooler for them like it's pretty much all they've known like the memory of having social media was as far as they can go back Um, so for them it's like it's affected them so much more mentally and emotionally than I think it has for me um, because I've kind of learned where to stop it and where to understand like, okay, I shouldn't be feeling this way because of social media. Um, yes. But for them, it's like, it's like, it's almost like everything to them. Um, and they get caught in this cycle of drama and everything that comes with it and being in middle school and being in high school. Yeah. Um, so what they portrayed in the movie of, how it's distancing families and how attached people are to their phones because of what other people are saying on social media is like something I see in my household every day. Um, Like when my sisters get their phones taken away, it's the end of the world to them. It's like, there's nothing worse than taking their phone away. That's right. Um, I'm like, take it, go ahead. Yeah. Fine. Um, So in, in, when I watched the social and I was like, wow, like you kind of see like, you see it for what it is. Um, even if it is a little more dramatic than it might be portrayed sure. in the, in the movie um, or documentary, but um, everything said, I was like kind of taken back um, of like how serious it actually is. Like, yes, it's, I don't think it's, it's not what it used to be. Um, mm. So to hear those things from the people who created those platforms um, who are telling everybody now, like, start taking steps now to protect yourself and your family and your kids um, because the direction we're going in isn't good. Um, But for me, like after seeing that, I've, I turn on the bedtime thing on my phone. So by a certain time, my phone tells me, Hey, you have to be in bed and get ready to go to sleep within the next 30 minutes. Um, I put app limits um, or down the setting on an iPhone. If you have an iPhone, it's called downtime. (laughs) um and later in the night it'll kind of shut off my apps my social media apps um so because i can lay in bed all night there's not and during the middle of summer i was on tiktok instagram twitter until 5 a.m and i didn't even know how late it was like the sun's coming up and i hear birds and i realized i've laid here in my bed for six eight hours scrolling through social media completely mindless um and i have work in a few hours like i didn't even notice so I've turned on all these things. So it's like by midnight, closer to one, I'm already winding down to go to bed and kind of like, I don't have the option anymore. Like I'm just going to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, also like the more I use social media with church being online now, I realize my eyes have been hurting a lot more and mm. I'm getting headaches, headaches more frequently. <laughs> um, so like when I'm working down in my office, I'll work for like an hour at a time, 45 minutes, an hour at a time and I'll get up and I'll go outside um for like 15 minutes just to take a break um because the the pain it's not it's so bad and it's not worth it not worth Um, it so i'm trying to distance myself as much as i can uh should churches stay should you leave social media like should churches be on social media is there value to churches being on social media uh is is uh like what what do we do as the church and what do we do as, as people trying to uh, lead people towards Jesus? Uh, kind of where, do, how do we, how do we land when stuff it's, like this comes out? 
it's kind of it's difficult because like we have to be in the middle um yes. so it's at Hillsong in the value in the mission statement it's we value technology and um everything you know what I mean just moving forward and staying up to date um so there's so much resources put into digital and into social media and just making sure that it's excellent um I did my senior paper on the church and whether it's I titled adapter parish mm. um and I took all the rates of churches that are perishing and just have to shut down because their church isn't growing because the generation that it started with have phased out and the kids don't want to come back because it's not the environment they're looking for. So, and then I looked at churches that are doing it well. Um, and what have they done that's different to these churches that have to shut down. And so it's, you're kind of in the middle of, we have to stay up to date with what's happening and we have to reach the next generation. Um, at Hillsong, you take a class on, well, I took a class, depending on what midstream you're in, but you take a class on social media and what it looks like of being creative with it. And they told us that the first impression of your church isn't the parking lot anymore. It's not the greatest at the door. It's your social media page. Before I go to eat anywhere, I look at the social media page not, first. Before I go visit not anywhere, even the, I look at the social media page. Not even the website. Right. That was a it's, big thing. Yeah, it's your, it's your, Instagram. Insta- it's your Instagram account. And that's going to base someone's opinion whether they should step on your campus or not. Um, and that's huge. That's massive. Um, so it's, um, if I look at something, I don't feel like I'll fit in or if it's not what I'm looking sure. for, then I'm not even going to give it the benefit of the doubt to go and take the time to go and visit it. I'm just going to decide right there. I'm going to find somewhere else sure. based off what I saw on the Instagram. Mm-hmm. So for churches, like that's huge in a generation where we're trying to get people into church, um, or people that, are scared of Christians or whatever it is, or yeah. think Christians are hypocrites where we kind of have a bad view sometimes that so it's so important that your social media represents who you are well, and also the church and like who right. God is, is you're representing love? Is it Jesus? Um, yeah. So to, I think it's important to do it well and to give it the resources it needs. Don't overcomplicate. You don't need to spend hundreds of dollars promoting things to reach more people, but what can you do with the resources you have to do it well? And, to honor it and honor the church and have excellence while doing it. Josh, you got thoughts one of on the, that? Yeah. One of the cool things that we had discussed at Hillsong was the idea of like, if Jesus was running this Instagram account, how would he do it? Would he be, look what we did. We did, we served this many people and we helped this much and we did this and this and this um, come to me, like come to my church. Um, or is it that idea of, what would Jesus say? Like through Instagram, what would he post? What would he say? Not to be like every post needs to be what Jesus would say, but right. have that mindset of, is this a reflection of what Jesus would do? Because um, just in any, like any ministry, whether it's on stage, worship, production, like you should always have that mentality of what would Jesus do? And social media within the church is a ministry. Um, like Tommy has said, it's probably the most important or not the, I mean, I'm biased for both biased, but like, sure. um, it is very important as far as people coming onto your church. Um, the other thing I was going to touch on was like, should churches do social media? You know, um, right. you can kind of ask that it's, it is a tricky situation because it's like, if people are addicted to social media yep. and we're putting up Bible verses and scripture and good things, essentially people would be like we hope that people would be addicted to jesus and his love and what he has to offer um and what the church has to offer through that um if people are 
I've had heard testimonies through our church was where people, um, the first post that they saw spoke to them and they reached out and they, you know, said, I really needed that. Like the first post that popped up was from our church. And it was just kind of, that was a cool thing to hear of that was like worth it to me. Um, but that idea of, okay, if they're addicted to Instagram or social media and we're putting, post, uh, putting out um, content that is good, then that's great. They're addicted to that. But if it's leading, oh, they see the one post and now they're on a rabbit hole for five hours of something that isn't, you know, healthy, then like, but we got them there. So like, is that good? You know? Right. Um, so it is a weird, a weird tricky thing. I think, I think as long as the church is being healthy about it. Um, yeah. We did do a social media fast a couple months ago um, mm-hmm. and encouraged that. And I think that was a great step, you know, to show like, you know, we aren't just social media based. So, you know, take a break. You don't need to hear what we have to say for five, uh, five weeks or five days. Um, so yeah, just that healthy balance of, yeah. What are you actually using social media for? Totally. And, and needing to be present. Cause you talk about the generation that, that does, that we need leaders in that space, right? We need pastors to be there. We need churches to be there uh, for you. Just, you brought it up, Tommy, your, your sisters, uh, if nobody's there to help them manage this, except their friends, right? You could end up in a really dark uh, place. And so uh, it's leveraging, it's it's seeing social media as a tool, nothing more, nothing less as a tool to present the gospel to a where people's attention are. Uh, yeah. And so that's, that's where I continue to land. That's where I continue to encourage people. But I do think the social dilemma brings up a side of, we need to take what we're doing more seriously, whether that's call to actions, like where are we driving people with our, tra- um, with the things that we're posting, where, where are we trying to direct the traffic? Uh, and a lot of that hopefully is if, if it's on your church's page, uh, it's driving them towards community, driving them towards the things that your church does that helps them get deeper connected uh, into the life of your church. And then if you're a pastor, you should be engaged on social media. We talk about Instagram all the time because um, there's a way for people to see your habits on social media and how uh, often you're on there. You can encourage people. Josh, I love what you said. Just, just be nice. Um, and th- there is a connection point, but, it, but it's important that we have the conversation of how to, uh, do it well. And I think that's what the social dilemma brings up, but we don't, uh, the Bible tells us we don't have to have a spirit of fear. Right. And so I love it. that Hillsong goes forward and has those things of, you don't, we don't want to be irrelevant. We need to be where the attention is, uh, to direct the attention towards Jesus. Uh, and so I, I love how both of you said that. I want to ask you both, uh, really quick, one word answer, your favorite social media. Oh, do you mean platform? Yeah, Josh's favorite place to platform, favorite place to be. Which app? Yeah, I saw Tommy Mouth Instagram. He's he's muted, but I'll let him speak for himself. Are you Instagram Tommy? Is that right? Did I read your lips correctly? Instagram, I think, because it's so broad. It's mm, I would not say just Instagram, Snapchat, where it's you're Snapchatting through picture. Sure. And I hate mm-hmm. the story option on Snapchat, but on Instagram, it's like I can kind of get anything from it. Um, mm-hmm. I can find anything on it. I can That's shop. funny. You hate this, the story yeah. feature of Snapchat, the original, the original the I know. of it, right? Uh, yeah. Facebook did it better. Um, is, uh, okay. So Instagram, uh, is where you guys both are. That seems mm-hmm. to be, uh, the reoccurring trend. Um, 
And yeah, so then I would say the very last thing, uh, both of I you. I have a last comment too. Oh yeah, so. Josh, last comment. Okay, I'll go now. Um, yeah. The thing back to that previous conversation, like meeting the generation or meeting the people where they're at, meeting the yep. world where they're at. Um, so I would always use the analogy or like 2000 years ago, we wouldn't use social media to reach the people because even if there was a social media, they wouldn't, that's not interesting to them. In a hundred years from now, who knows what, they're going to be interested in. But I think as a church, we meet the people. So if they're addicted to social media and social media is in 10 years from now, like this horrible, horrible thing. And like, Oh, you have social media. I think the church should still be using social media to an extent to reach Mm -hmm. those people. Um, Because that's, you have to dress up like the people to get to the people. Um, Right. If that makes sense. It's like going Um, into uh, a rough neighborhood or a a, a tough part of town, or even uh, maybe it's not sketchy, but it's a place that hasn't heard the gospel before. Exactly. Uh, You go to a different country or a a remote area. uh, Those are getting fewer and fewer because of technology. Um, But yeah, you, you need to go where the gospel is lacking. Uh, And yeah, that's, that's a really, really good word. Um, So a message from each of you, one practical tip, and you guys have both alluded alluded to it, but if you could encourage someone to do one thing uh, to help them improve their health with the use of social media, what would that be? It's a really good question. (laughs) Uh, Tommy, you had mentioned settings on your phone. Is that, would you recommend that people just go deep into the weeds of their phone? And because there are options, believe it or not, uh, on Android as well that I have set up Uh, focus mode and do not disturb modes there. There's a rhythm that I have, but yeah, a a practical tip like that, or or maybe it's something uh, not uh, necessarily pertaining to your phone. Um, but just safeguards that you have in place as people who are so, who could be addicted more than anybody. It's your personal, it's your professional, it's everything uh, is happening through social media. What, what would you recommend to uh, leaders? I try to balance it out as best as I can. But when I wake up, the first thing that I do is not check my phone. Um, I flip it over immediately. Nice. Um, and I just try to start my morning off normal. Um, take the dog out, uh, you know, drink water. Um, and then I come back and I don't even, I try to avoid looking at my notifications or opening messages. Um, and I'll go in the Bible app, see what verses at the top, um, read. I'll probably just read that just for a bit, just so I'm doing that. And that's kind of how I'm starting my day. Um, and then from there, if anything's pressing, um, from social media or any texts or emails, then I'll just handle that there. Um, cause I used to be in a bad habit of rolling over when my alarm goes off and just managing each notification as it comes. And oh. then I realized I've laid there for who knows how long, um, on my phone, totally. maybe not even starting my day. Right. Um, and you're already angst. So. You're already all that stuff. That's, that yeah. is a really good word. So intentional about not looking at your phone, like how some people, uh, to be organized or whatever, like they have the, I just make my bed. That's the first thing I just make my bed. Cause then I feel like I've accomplished something. Those sorts of things. Tommy's advice is just do normal things. Don't look at your phone. Even if, even if it's just for 10 minutes, you've still accomplished something, uh, mm. in not looking at your phone. That is a, that's a good word. Josh, do you have a suggestion for people listening? Yeah. Um, I think just to find rest, um, that's just one of the things, but kind of like what Tommy was saying, like if you, if our job is social media and we're doing it the first thing we wake up and the last thing we do, 
like we're doing work all day long. Um, whether it's, I mean, it, if it is personal, you're still using the same application or now you're worrying about your, your stressful life situations. Your, um, but that's something I just had to like really work on this last week of long days of, okay, I need rest. Um, and I did a Bible plan on rest um, that really talked about the Sabbath and the whole point of the create, creation, the creating process is rest. It's not create Ooh, in rest. That's good. Um, rest is included in the seven day creating uh, when God created the um, everything. And the other thing, um, the other tip was what I mentioned earlier of like, don't base what, I think the stress is just a big thing that people do. And um, even like depression is you're basing your life off of what other people are posting and you can see your life for what it is a hundred percent. You know, everything about your life and you're comparing it to one post that someone is posting that is 1.0% of what their life is. Um, But you think it is their life. Um, So I think just, you have to really wrap your head around that. Um, and just figure it's just a picture of them living their best life in that very moment, you know, yes. with that filter, their skin does not look that color, you know, um, totally, totally. You know, I can't tell you how many times that I've, white <laughs> in public and, and actually in my own life as well, where I'm feeling some type of way, but I got to take a picture uh, or like it's a family photo. Maybe it's like a little bit more professional, but I got to put that smile on. And I always think no one would know how I'm actually feeling right now. If they just saw this one picture, you smile for the picture and then it's right back. And I've seen couples do this on, on dates at restaurants. It's like you smile for the moment uh, and then you leave um, and the smile goes away just like that. Uh, and that's not true of everybody. Uh, Cause I do no, think yeah. some people who uh, do a good job of responsibly, authentically posting, um, uh, there, and there's a healthy way to do that as well. But yeah, that's a good word, Josh, just being aware yeah. of how are you consuming content, uh, and, and doing that responsibly. Yeah. And then don't be afraid. Like what Tommy has said is, um, put those limits on, um, the limits aren't working. Like deleting Twitter, like I said, was like such a relief and I'd have no concern of it now. Um, so I always, I always ask that question actually like yesterday, a couple of days ago, it was like, I think I, how would my life be without Snapchat or Instagram or uh, TikTok? You know, like, I think I need it, but did I think I need Twitter when I had Twitter? You know, it's like right. that same idea. So humans existed without social media um, for a long time. It's only been around for about 10 years. So, you know, we can do totally. it without social media. So we can, uh, but social I media makes challenge. lots of things better, but, uh, continued steps toward uh, doing it responsibly and healthy. Uh, Tommy, Josh, thank you so much for these practical tips for taking the time out of your day to speak to this audience. This is one of like the best episodes that I've ever done. There's so many things where I did not expect the conversation to go in the direction that it did that I think is going to be very, very helpful for uh, church leaders and people who are trying to amplify their ministry on social media. So if you're listening, wherever you're listening, please take a moment, uh, hit subscribe. If you feel compelled, leave a review. All of those things 
please help us help more churches uh, with our voices and voices like Josh and Tommy. And uh, just take this link, share it with a friend. If somebody needs to hear this conversation uh, who maybe doesn't know about it, just spread this around, maybe share it, tweet it. Uh, Josh won't be tweeting it, but you can share it on Instagram. (laughs) Uh, You can follow us on Instagram, all of those things. And everything we talked about will be laid out in a neat, fancy order by our team in the show notes of this episode. And until we talk again next time, my name is Aaron, and this is the Social Media Church Podcast.